Hello, we are back, boys. All right, so welcome to Loaded Talk, our podcast. We are not in the radio station right now. We are in the podcast studio. And the reason why we've taken so long to upload an episode, at, at least an updated transactions list, is because we did it on the radio. And the radio station's recording system kind of blew up and it just stopped working. So Self-imploded. We, <laughs> we now need it. And um, it just wasn't there, so we weren't able to upload our episodes. But now we got training in the podcast studio, so we're going to be uploading our own podcast, and it's going to be going through our, our own editing and our own SD card. So hopefully that doesn't blow up. Um, and we're going to continue the transactions list. It's a little late, uh, but I know for sure we left off on the St. Louis Cardinals. We were literally talking about Marcelo Zuna, and then the audio just cut off, which was another problem with the recording uh, software. It only recorded for an hour, so we would we sometimes went over that hour, and it would cut us off. And St. Louis Cardinals, finally we get Marcelo Zuna leaving and Adam Wainwright re-signing. They don't make a splash for Nolan Arenado, which they could have, but they did not. They traded Matthew. They traded for Matthew. Oh, and they traded for Matthew Libertor. That's right, for the with the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. That's something we're going to talk about right now. So the Tampa Bay Rays, they got y- Yoshi, y- Yoshitomo Tsugo. He has been looking good in spring training. He has, and... I think it's going to—I mean, you get G-Man Choi and then this Yoshi guy. Um, I think it's going to be a good addition. It's going to bring some—I guess you can say, like, moral—what um, wh- what is it? What is it called? Locker room chemistry between the two, and it's just going to boost the, the locker room chemistry if they didn't already have a lot. Um, on top of that, they got Jose Martinez, who could hit the ball— like he was born to hit the ball, but he can't field the ball, which is perfect because he's a DH now. Yeah, he so. will never be there. He doesn't have to do warm up. He doesn't have to warm up his no. arm in any way. He just has to hit. That's all. The thing he was born to do. And then they traded Tommy Pham to the San Diego Padres. Um, I gotta stop. Pup. I gotta stop that. Um, but he signed Tommy Pham to the San Diego Padres. That was interesting to say the least. Uh, I. I think the Hunter Renfro edition is good for the Rays. It is a Rays acquisition. It is a Rays trade. Um, and then it was just getting the, the the big names, but the, the small big names, if that makes any sense. I actually did some research on Hunter Renfro and how he produced in San Diego. And while he, ironically for a Rays team, it's very strange because he did not get on base a lot, but he had a decent average or a middle of the road average. He produced a lot of home runs, and to be honest with you, apparently he had like some of the best defense in the league, which is fantastic for them. If they could just teach him to take a ball, then maybe he could produce, become a real star for the Rays, the way he was meant to be in San Diego. Yeah, and I mean they they've had a pretty good offseason this so far, and the spring training has looked pretty good for them. The Yankees have been hurt, so it's looking actually pretty pretty upward for them. Then we'll move on to the Texas Rangers now. They got Jordan Lyles, Kyle Gibson, Robinson Trinos, Todd Frazier, and then obviously that infamous trade for Corey Kluber, um, at least on a Cleveland standpoint. Cleveland, I don't know what you were doing, but Texas, great, great job. Um, the Nomar Mazar trade was a little confusing, to say the least. Um, it was confusing, but you have to take one step back to take three steps forward. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it was this offseason is a good offseason. It's not... It's not a bad one. Apparently um, what's crazy to me is that 
that trade is viewed as a win for Texas. Really? Because of Steel Walker being a good prospect and Omar Zara not producing that well in the big leagues. But Omar Zara is a bundle of talent. You're talking about a guy who has going to be an incredible power, good hitting ability. His fielding's okay, but in in that in Chicago White Sox, yes, he's leaving Texas, but he's also moving to a team that wants to win. And that's something that you can't say about Texas. They don't really want to win. They're just trying to produce their prospects and try to get back to Texas of old. And I honestly think eventually they're going to really find their own place. And Norm Rosario will probably be very good for the south side. Yeah, south side. But I'm pretty sure it's the south side. Mm-hmm. Um, they got Kyle Gibson, which was uh, a pretty good ad- addition. He p- he pitched pretty well for the Minnesota Twins last year. Mm. He, 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 pitched, he, he pitched, pitched well okay. two years ago really, really well. He pitched okay. And he pitched okay. But like for $10 million for the Texas and Rangers, that's just – a pitcher you think can really yeah, bolster your rotation. That, that's a two guy for them. It's whatever. It, it, Not it a two works. guy for anyone else, but two guy for them. Yeah, probably be the ace of the um the Baltimore Orioles though. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. I, who, I who could probably be the ace. Yeah, to be honest. Um, the Toronto Blue Jays. We'll move on. They got Travis Shaw, Yamaguchi, Shun Yamaguchi, and Yinjin Ryu. Um, anyone else doing this? And Tanner Roark. And the um, young players are out there playing, and that's oh all man. that matters. Did bro. you see Vlad Guerrero's home run? That missile bro. in a rocket. That noise was insane. That was one of the loudest hit balls I've ever heard. And Bo Bichette actually did better than he did. Yeah, I know. I'm saying, last I'm just year, saying that. Bo Bichette is my favorite player to watch right now. He has a gorgeous swing. He, he hit 300. He has, the, he has the flow and the batter's box at shortstop in personality. He is going to be a star. He's going to hit over 300 in his career. Watch me regret these words. But he is fantastic. I really think that he is underhyped because of the presence of Black Crow Jr. Move the mic away from your uh, mouth. You're you're a little too close. That's good. You didn't move it at all. I didn't move it back. All right, talk. Is this better? Yeah, that's much better. All right, bet. So, Bobachet is really underrated because you think about it, Black Crow Jr. takes all the hype because he's a big dude with ungodly amounts of power. Oh, yeah, and uh, don't get me wrong. Bobochet's going to be amazing, and I think he's going to be a great talent and a great um, piece to that Toronto Blue. He's going to be, honestly, the cornerstone of that team. You could get rid of Vlad Guerrero and get someone else, but Bo- you're not going to get another Bobochet-type player. That's because Bobochet, I don't think Vlad Guerrero really has the fielding that Bobochet has. Bobochet can field and hit the ball with the best yeah. of them, but I feel like Vlad Guerrero Jr. is purely probably one of the best hitters ever prospect like as a prospect ever but i think that bobachette really did outshine him in some of those seasons in the minors he hit over 400 once in single a like the dude can rake he has just a clean swing that's very smooth and very powerful and he can just launch balls i really am excited to see him calvin biggio is another really underrated one i really think this is a team that i'm going to enjoy watching um calvin biggio had a 230 average last season but he was really good at getting on base he showed some power and honestly like if you can do that to complement the main young stars coming up that's really what you need and and the the toronto blue jays are going to steal some wins they're definitely going to steal some wins from the yankees and the rays and uh i guess you got to include the red sox there um but they're going to steal some wins because they're not a team to take lightly. They're not a Baltimore Orioles or Detroit Tigers kind of team. They have talent. They have the talent. 
and they're going to get hot at times, and they're just going to win and win and not stop winning. They're going to get really cold at times because they're young. They're just going to be a very streaky team, and I think they're going to steal a lot of wins um, from the Yankees and the, the Rays. And who knows? They might be pushing elite for a wild card. I think at the top end of their production this year, I think they might push for a wild card late because you're also looking at Nate Pearson, who's one of their prospects, who throws 102. Like, their talent is off the charts. It's borderline, like, the level of Yankee talent. It's just not developed yet. And I think that in terms of, like, what's in their young farm system, you're looking at something like that. And I really think that's a... And they're fun because they're all the 90s people's kids. They have the legacy of them, and they're yeah. progressing in their own ways. It's going to be a fun team to watch. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I I will admit that. I, I, I can't wait to see the Toronto Blue Jays. I, I kind of want to go to Rogers Center either this year or next year. It's going to be a great time. Um... That's enough of the Blue Jays. Well, let's go on to the last team that we have on this list, the Washington Nationals. So they got Will Harris, three years, $24 million. That's an AAV of eight. They have Jan Gomes, Howie Kendrick. They re-signed Steven Strasburg. They got Starlin Castro to kind of fill in the, uh, I guess, fill in a backup role for Anthony Rendon, who left. They got Estrubal Cabrera, Daniel Hudson, and Eric Thames. And then we could talk about their their – Incoming prospect Kai Kai Fong. That's Curry, how you say. Kiboom. Kiboom. Yeah, Kiboom. Yeah, he's. <laughs> we can also talk about Luis Garcia, who looks exactly like Juan Soto. Oh yeah, that was kind of scary. Actually, we'll talk about <laughs> that after. But Kiboom is looking good, and he's going to be a really good player. I think he is. But he's gonna fill the shoes up. He's gonna fill the shoes of Anthony Rendon. The same way Didi filled in the shoes of Derek Jeter. He's not gonna yes. fully full. He's not gonna fully fill them up, but he's going to fill them up where you're satisfied. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of people think that like when they look at entire organizations and like how much they acquire and like their replacing of a legend, you think you need a legend to replace them. You realistically don't. You just need an above average contributor, and the fans will be happy. Because the fans aren't thinking, well, you know, Didi's not as good as Derek Jeter. Well, no one else can be as good as Derek Jeter. Derek yeah. Jeter was almost a unanimous Hall of Famer. He was off by one vote. You would think yeah. Didi, that, to get people like that is a once-in-generation, maybe two-generation talent. Yeah, and that's the same thing with Anthony Rendon. I mean, he's he's not going to be a one vote out of the Hall of Fame kind of guy, but he's good. He's good, and you can't. He's going to – Carter Keeboom is young. Let him wait, and he might be an above-average contributor. And at that point, that's just what you have. Because to be honest with you, you still have that great rotation. You still have that great bullpen. You have Juan Soto making strides. as some of the He has some of the best plate discipline of any hitter like at his age ever. He is a fantastic hitter, and that's – he's – Juan Soto is replacing what Mike Trout by doing what we all thought Mike Trout would do. Yeah. Or not Mike Trout, sorry. Bryce, Bryce Harper. Harper. Trust me, Mike Trout's doing way more than we ever thought Mike Trout would do. Yeah. But because when he was in the minor leagues, he, no one thought he had power, Mike Trout. But, you know, we kind of proved them wrong. <laughs> He's insane. Yeah, but in terms of Bryce Harper, the only difference is there was an interview of the GM saying Bryce Harper had more power, but Juan Soto just has better defense, better hitting approaches at the same age. And, like, that's really what you're looking for in a young hitter because power – Yes, it's important, but if all you have is that, Chris Carter wasn't a Hall of Famer, was he? And he had most of the most pow- yeah. high power in the league. He's not. He's not even playing anymore. You have to have more than just power to realistically be a star. 
and that's just true. And Juan Soto's swing will age better than Bryce Harper's because Bryce Harper's swing is very, very, very jerky. And, like, it's very vicious, so at an older age, it's not going to work as well. But Juan Soto's is just smooth. He has a good hitting approach, and he has the eye for right now. It's incredible. Yeah, and going off of Juan Soto, um, he's actually one of my favorite players to watch in the league right now. He's so energetic. He's so electric. And just watching him play makes you realize why you love baseball. He He's... It's the young players in the league that really make you realize baseball is a great sport to watch. Like it, it, it's so difficult to play, but when someone with that kind of caliber of talent is able to perform and it express his personality, it's just it's just so fun. And then Luis Garcia, Luis Garcia. Let's talk about that real quick. He looks just like Juan Soto, literally the same swing, literally the same body. The same face, the same country. It was scary. Yes, but I don't think he has the same talent. <laughs> oh no, he doesn't. No, he. But, Juan Soto's talent is also once in a generation, in my opinion. Yeah, it's fan. I really like him. And yes, Luis Garcia is a scary doppelganger, but I think he's gonna be the doppelganger the same way Dansby Swanson is to Carl Charles Chesterberg. It's like some one of their utility players. Like the utility player isn't a, doesn't have a lot of talent, but they look the same. And even Dansby Swanson is, like, not as good as Juan Soto, obviously. But, like, I really think that this Washington Nationals team has fixed, to go on another note, I really think that the Washington Nationals team has really fixed a lot of the issues that I've always thought that this Washington Hold on, wait, wait, wait. Why is this mic? Give me one second. All right, so sorry about that. We had some technical difficulties. For some reason, this mic kept coming in and out. And I don't know why that is. Is it doing better now? Yeah, it is. It's just whenever I would adjust it, it would cut in and out. That's interesting. Yeah. Anyway, so this Washington Nationals team in the past, they've been even had more talent than they do now, but I felt like their chemistry was never there. They never had a manager that really built the chemistry. They never had a good locker room. I felt like all the players weren't playing together. They were just a team full of talent that won the week NL East and then never made much in the playoffs because they didn't have the ability to go through adversity. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Um, it was the the Bryce Harper era. They I mean, they had a fight. Their, their own team had a fight within each other. It was bad. And now you look at the Washington Nationals, and they're, they're doing dances together. They're having fun. They're doing dances. Like, Bryce yeah. Harper leaving this team was probably the best thing that could have happened to them. Because they already had someone to replace him in Juan Soto, who had the same level of talent. And you're looking at it, so you don't lose any talent. You gain a clubhouse where people have fun. And it was it was just a win for the Nationals. And they're signing player they're re-signing players that are honestly cornerstones of this franchise and regardless, like they're doing stuff the Giants did. Where like they're re-signing Steven Strasburg because he was uh, he want they wanted to be a national for life. Regardless of what happens, he's been there and has produced for them. Yeah, and that's and, really something important. And they got—I I mean, it's kind of tough to say bye to Anthony Rendon, but you—it's it, kind of like a similar situation to—it's not the same situation. Don't get me wrong, but it's a similar situation to the Bryce Harper uh, move. You let him walk, you bring in Juan Soto to replace. You let Rendon Rendon walk, and you bring in um, Keyboom to replace. It's not Keyboom isn't a better as good as a replacement as Juan Soto was for Harper, but. It's kind of a similar situation. You're letting your young talent shine. And Rendon didn't bring negativity to the, the locker room. Don't get me wrong. Don't think I'm saying that. But I think it was. it's a very similar move in the Nationals, and it worked the first time, so why not try it a second? 
Well, I think I credit any team, and I think no one's ever going to feel bad about letting the young players play. Yeah. Because, yes, you re-sign players that you really think are cornerstones of your franchise, but on the other hand, you have to let your young players play or else your team will go get old in age and no one will get the playing time they need. Letting your young players play, let that happen, they understand that. And if you don't have like a good – like the pitching prospects aren't very good anymore because of how much came to the big leagues. So you re-sign Strasburg. You give them a contract extension. That's important because you don't have a young player to play behind them. But if you do, most major league players would be like, okay, there's opportunity for me elsewhere. I'm not a bad player. I just need to find that opportunity elsewhere. And this team obviously doesn't have the finances to extend everyone. Would I like to see an Anthony Rendon extension? Sure. But in my opinion, they have third base prospects that are good, aka and Kiaboom and some others. And if one of them produces above average, this is still, in my opinion, one of the winners of, like, either at the very minimum, a wild card for this division. The Nationals? Yes. Because they're very talented and they're pitching I rotation. Think, I, think they're, I think they're a wild card. I don't think they're yeah. going to beat the Braves. Um, I think they're going to be the top wild card, though. They're a very good team. They're very talented. And I think they have the they have the talent to make it to another World Series push, to be honest. They just need someone to step up into Anthony Rendon's shoes. And I, they have the talent to do that. I mean, they have Trey Turner. They have Juan Soto, Victor Robles, Key Boom. They signed Starlin Castro just in case that Kiboom isn't ready. And Brian Dozier's still on that team, is he not? Um, no, he signed somewhere else. He but did? I don't remember where. Oh, he signed. Oh, you're right. You're right. I know. Oh, man. Was it with LA? Um, might have been with the Angels? No, no. He was a Dodger not, at one point. Yeah, but that, he got traded to the Dodgers from the yeah, Twins. Yeah, I know that. Right. I can tell you that. He is. On the Padres. Yeah yeah, 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 I was watching a Padres game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still on the Padres, and that's like, I really like that fit for him as well. He's a young veteran player that has. Yeah. He also got signed a minor league contract. That's fine. He won a gold glove. Like, he is a good fielder. His power might not be what it once was ever since he moved out of Minnesota, but he's still, last year he still hit 20 home runs, which is impressive considering that he's not in the band box that Minnesota is. Yeah. And I think that when he was in Minnesota, he was literally the hitter that Minis- that was born to hit Minnesota Park. Because Minnesota's park has really far middle, like the center, and really close sides. And all he did was just pull balls. Yeah. Down the line. That's, that's, he, he was a great twin. And then he left and he kind of just fell off. I feel bad, but he had a great career. He it's, did have a great career. It's yeah. There's nothing wrong with but his now career. Now San Diego is a great place to wind down. It's a great place to wind down. That's where Ian Kinsler went. I think he's a good veteran presence to have on that ball club, just in case Fernando Tatis Jr. runs into a slump. He just teaches him to stay within himself, because yeah. Tatis really, because he knows what it's like to produce when you don't necessarily have the raw talent. So if he can teach that to someone who has the raw talent, they can. He could really create some great players, because. I love Brian Dozier, but all he had was really good bat-to-ball skills and fielding. His power was never much to be admired, but like he was able to hit for power because he knew how to hit so well. He was he was known for his fielding, without a doubt. Um, I mean, he had a, he was a great fielder, but in Minnesota he was known for his power. But I'm saying like his raw power wasn't that crazy. Yeah, no, I I see what you're saying. It, his his power in Minnesota wasn't insane, but he he did have that one crazy year. Yeah. I do remember that one crazy year he had right before. Excuse me, I didn't mean to punch my mic. Um, 
right before he left Minnesota. Yeah. I, I'm messing around with headphones right now. Give me a second. Just so what happened was when he learned how to hit for power, he really knew how to pull the like he, he his raw power, his stack cast numbers were never much to be admired. It's that most of his home runs were down the left foul pole of Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, I know. It was where it was the most closest, and he really knew how to put the bat to the ball, and he really swung to that area, and it worked for him, which is fine because he produced like a middle-of-the-order second baseman, and he was a great player for Minnesota, and I think that, honestly, he might be retired as a twin. Like I can see that. Um he probably will be. He probably will retire as a twin. I I can see him being a San Diego Padre for the next year or two, and then just settling down in Minnesota because that's that's his home. Kind of like what Joe Maurer did. I mean, Joe Maurer was a twin for life, but and honestly, retire like, in Minnesota. I'm gonna say this, but like obviously, I'm not suggesting that Brian Dozier is a Hall of Fame player. No one ever will suggest no, that. No, but I think that he is even worthy of having his number in some cases, retired by the Minnesota Twins for how much he did yes, for that organization. Yes, he did a lot for that organization. I think the Twins, er, uh, I guess, um, owe him at least something like that. And that's, like, not a big ask because he is a very important player. And honestly, he was one of, my opinion, like, the foundational Twins in the last decade. Word. I think beyond Miguel Sano, who has a lot of controversy around him, Beyond Brian Buxton, who never really produced the way we all thought he was going to yeah, produce. he still hasn't really lived up to uh, expectation. And there's some pitchers like Jose Barrios who really has, but I think Brian Dozier, in my opinion, has been the twin that I always think of when I think of the twins. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that statement. Um, I Brian Dozier was just a, an amazing an amazing player for the twins, and then when he left, he he, he was great for the twins still because he didn't produce. <laughs> <laughs> they got they uh, he got him some um he got them some prospects and then he just chilled he was just vibing i uh, i think that's enough of Brian Dozier we kind of went off track there um so before we move on to our next segment let's talk about who you think won the off season like in totality yes who is your off season winner um Ooh, that's a tough question. I'll let you go first. All right, so I, I'm really high on the Chicago White Sox, and I, it it it's a weird pick because they're probably not going to make the playoffs this year. I don't think they will. I think they will contend and they'll be contending until the last couple days, last couple weeks. But I don't think they're going to make it because the AL is just so strong, at least top heavy. Um. But they made so many little moves and so many moves that were necessary. So give me a second to pull up the list and look at what they got. Actually, I could just go to the transactions list right here. Go to Chicago. Where are they? All right, so they got Yasmani Grandal, Jose Abreu, Dallas Keuchel, Gio Gonzalez. They traded Steel Walker for Nomar Mazzara. They got Steve Ciszek. Edwin Encarnacion, and they extended Luis Robert and Yoan Moncada. So this offseason, they addressed many things. They addressed their catching uh, problem. They got Yasmani Grandal to a very large deal. They got him for a while. He's probably one of the best catchers in the league, if not the best catcher in the he league. is now the best catcher in the league. Yes, he is the best catcher in the league, besides JT Romuto, because I still just like him better. They got Jose Abreu back because that's just a familiar name, and he's... 
I, I wouldn't say the face of the franchise, but he's the oldest face in the franchise right now. They got Dallas Keuchel and Gio Gonzalez. Those are veteran pitchers to help that starting rotation not only round out, but provide leadership and mentorship to their young arms like Michael Kopech and Lucas Giolito. And um, help me out with the name, the Ronaldo guy. Ronaldo Lopez? Yes. Ronald Lopez? Ronaldo Lopez. Ronaldo Lopez. Uh, I'm sorry. Just escaped my mind. I always have trouble with that name, to be honest. But those two guys are going to help, I guess, mentor those guys to greatness. And at least Dallas Keiko. I know Gio Gonzalez wasn't as great as Dallas Keiko, but he was good. He was actually really good and low-key underrated. Um, but again, those guys are going to provide the veteran leadership necessary, especially late in the late in the season where a lot of young talent tends to get distracted or uh, stressed out. The, they're going to provide that leadership to say, we got to just keep grinding. This, is, this has got to be your mindset. The Nomar Mazar trade was a great trade in my opinion. I know Steel Walker's um, ranked as a, h- a high prospect. Um, or he has like some poten- like uh, more potential than Nomar Mazar because Mazar has not panned out, but I believe Mazar is going to pan out. He just needed a cut like a year or two more. I I really think Mazar is going to be a good player and he's going to help the White Sox hit the ball far even more. You get Steve Ciszek to help your bullpen. I mean that bullpen is decent. It's not great at all actually but it's good like it's serviceable and the steve c-check helps that veteran leadership again to mentor those young relievers you got edwin encarnacion another dh that can hit the crap out of the ball i mean he he was he led the league in home runs in july he had like 20 something home runs in july or 30 something home runs in july it was ridiculous then you extend luis robert who is your one of your top prospects if not your top prospect and that he's actually performing pretty well this spring. And then you extend Yohan Moncada. You do everything right this offseason, in my opinion. And there was not one bad thing you did. There was not one bad thing you did. Maybe you should have signed Ryu instead of Keiko and G- uh, Gonzalez. But you don't need the ace because you want your young stars to be those aces. You want Dallas Keiko to be the ace this year, maybe. And then next year, just take a step down and as a number two. Like, it... It, it was just such a rounded offseason by the White Sox, and it improved their roster enough to put them in that competitive mindset, that competitive style of play. And that's why they're my winners. I mean, the Nationals had a great offseason as well, but they they didn't – I don't want to say they didn't um, – I don't want to say they didn't – what's the word I'm looking for? Um answer any questions because they did but the White Sox just there was just something about them they just improved they just improved more than the Nationals did um yes I like the um, White Sox offseason but in my opinion they never really I do like Dallas Keuchel for the park but I feel like that they again they should sign Ryu aka I don't think the Toronto Blue should sign Ryu but that's a whole other thing yeah, um, I don't know why they did that. But, like, I really think that the White Sox really did acquire some really great players, and they extended Luis, Ar- Luis Robert. They obviously signed Yasmin Grandal, who is statistically last season was the best catcher in the league. They 
re-signed Jose Abreu. Like, they did a lot of things to really make me believe in this team. Um, But we still need to see their young players pan out some more. Like, I want to see, like, maybe not progression from Tim Anderson, but maybe for Tim Anderson to actually, like, stay where he is because there's some yeah. doubt that his season was a little lucky. Yeah. Um, I want to see Eloy Jimenez do more because, obviously, he did well his first year. But I want to see – I don't want him to be a 20 home run guy who has, like – in 800 OPS. I'm not trying to see that at Eloy because Eloy's defense is okay, but I want to see his bat really play out. Yeah, no, I I, I get that. And, and I, you want know, he's he's keep doing what he did last year. And there's signs that he could be even better, which is really, really good to look at, but I really want him to prove it. Mm-hmm. Um, He is a fantastic talent. Pitching-wise, Lucas Giolito went from having the worst ERA to a really good ERA. Yeah, he's a little, he's a little of, like, a thrown up in the air kind of like what is going to happen with this guy that's what i mean by like the signing of dallas Keiko and gio gonzalez he has a lot of pressure on him this year because he went from the worst to the best right and now he's going to be like how do i keep that like i don't like i'm i'm nervous i have a lot of pressure on me and dallas Keiko and gio gonzalez can help mentor that guy like look relax like just keep playing ball and just clear your mind and keep doing what you're doing you're doing great you know what i mean like it's just the 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 leadership role that they that, that's why they signed those guys and I really really like that and it, it that goes on for Edwin Encarnacion he's going to help mentor Eloy Jimenez and Yoan Mancada and Tim Anderson hitting wise obviously not feeling cuz yikes <laughs> <laughs> of course and for my pick like while I do agree like they had a great offseason I think the best offseason which is kind of surprising cuz his team was really good um was Los Angeles Dodgers um, they had the best offseason of any other team. And that's hard for me to say because I'm a Giants fan. And I'm looking at all the things that they acquired, all, like, the players that they did, like, they did acquire. Blake Trinan, who was ter- not very good for the Oakland Athletics last year. Yeah. In spring training, he's looked like old Blake Trinan. His stuff's ridiculous. He's throwing 98. Like, he, he has looked really, really, really good. Alex Wood will continue to be a little bit of a flex player for them. That He re-signed him. So, he will continue to be, like, a starting pitcher and sometimes go out of relief, depending on what they need. Jimmy Nelson. I mean, the big, big sweat. sweat. Um, he He's going to be great. Honestly, last time he pitched healthy, he had a 3.28 ERA for the Brewers, and they were trying to catch up to the Cubs that season. And I don't know if they made the playoffs, but I know it was a very close season for them, and he was very good. He injured his shoulder, but now he's back. He took a lot of months of rehab. The Dodgers are the best team you could possibly sign with when it comes to coming back from rehab or anything like that. Think about Rich Hill all and several other fantastic pitchers that have pitched for the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy back. Nelson's a Cy Young Award winner this year. I mean, yes, he is. They also <laughs> committed highway robbery in the Mookie Betts trade. Oh, yeah. All right. I, I think if it's not the White Sox, it's the Dodgers because of just alone. Like, take away every signing that you just said and then include that trade that alone puts them up there. Because now the you have two. two out of the top five players in the league. It's re- they're they're ridiculous. You have two like that's consensus. Like two of the top five players in the league you currently have on your roster, as well as you have David Price who can bolster your rotation. Which is I don't know if you really need a starting pitcher, but no, <laughs> you just got him. But like David Price, I think he's gonna pitch well because he's moving out of a hitter's ballpark in Boston. He's literally pitched ever since he left Tampa Bay, or actually ever since he left Detroit. No Toronto. No, ever since he left Detroit, he's been pitching inside of pitcher, um, hitters' ballparks, whether that be Toronto or Boston. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And 
if he can go back to a place like the Dodger Stadium, who's which is really not a hitter's ballpark, you can he can really come out and really pitch, maybe do a three point five, have a decent ERA, and really get a lot of innings out of this rotation that while has a lot of starting pitchers, has a lot of injury concerns behind Walker Bueller. Especially now that Hinjin Ryu, who had injury concerns, is gone. Yeah, and David Price was uh, David Price is actually pitching really well this uh, spring training. He had seven Ks in three innings lot yesterday. He's looking really good, and I know we ridiculed this, but I actually want to talk about different people's offseason as well. Um, just a honorable mention. I think the San Diego Padres, at the time we were talking about this trade, or the trades that they made, and we were like, this is too early. But to be honest with you, the Padres, all the players they acquired are looking good. Like, it's not Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham's the only one that doesn't look good. And Which that's the weird. most surprising thing, right? Yeah, that's Craig weird. Craig Stammen was, I believe, a relief pitcher for them before. Drew Pomerantz yeah. they acquired. I like that trade because he was so good for them a couple Signing. years ago. Signing. He was so good for them a couple years ago. I don't care how he produced before. He likes San Diego. He likes the management there. He likes San Diego. He produced in San Diego. That's what made them able to acquire such great talent that they can now be good is because of San Diego. And I think signing him to a long-term deal, he obviously wants to be there, and he knows that now. So he, if he stays there, he could have a great time. He's in a pitcher's ballpark. He's in San Diego. Like, who doesn't want to be in San Diego? Yeah, like, I've said San Diego yeah. over the last ten times, ten times in the last like three sentences. But like that should be mentioned. That place is beautiful. It's one of the best places to play baseball in terms of weather. And if you're looking at the players they traded, yes, Hunter Renfro's look good. Xavier Edwards has been. I don't know how, what he's been doing in camp. But Jake Cronenworth, who knew that this dude is now a two-way player. He is? Yes. He is now a reliever and a utility player for the San Diego Padres. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. He, he is a two-way player. Air, um, Tommy Pham is obviously going to keep producing. He's a steady veteran ever since he came up with the Cardinals. He had one bad year, came back to Tampa Bay, and he's really looked good. And Zach Davies is, when I think about it more and more, I like the acquisition of him because he is a solid veteran starting pitcher. I think of him as young because I've been watching ever since he was with the Brewers when they first started to rebuild. Yeah. And Zach Davies has been a really veteran pitcher. He's never really had struggles in the league. He's been a solid three, like middle three ERA sort of pitcher. Mm-hmm. He's hits his spots. as a great changeup. He doesn't have a great fastball. But that's fine. If you can hit your spots and you have a good changeup, you can keep them off balance. But Trent Grissom has been ridiculed because he made that error in Milwaukee, but he is yeah, he's actually good. fantastic in camp. So he's actually not bad. He He's just ridiculed because of that one error. And the only problem I have with this offseason is trading Luis Urias and Eric Lauer. Um, those are some great pieces. And even Hunter Renfro and Xavier Edwards you can have a problem with. Yeah, but like the the things that got back, I I agree with you. It, it was it was a good takeaway and a good like um take, right? It was a good takeaway. That's that's what I was trying to say. And it was Eric Lauer and Luis Urias. I was really really looking forward to seeing them play on the San Diego roster because it just fit so well. Like they just fit so well, and it, it's a little disappointing to see that they're gone. Hunter Renfro he. In my head, he's always going to be a Padre just because, like, I, I could just see his uniform on as a Padre. It's going to be weird seeing him as a Ray, to be honest. I think he might make his – that won't take too long, though. I oh, really no, 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 no. Oh, by the way, Chris Davis just singled in the bottom of the first. Of course he did. He's That's insane. nothing we can talk about. But even last year for the pa- Padres, Luis Arias didn't produce – I get it, he's a rookie. We can't expect all rookies to be great. Yes? Yeah, yeah. But he 
produced with a 650 OPS. Like, that's not something that I really look at as a guy who's supposed to hit really well. And I can see why they traded Luis Arias for these two prospects and Trent Grissom, who's hit like three or four home runs so far this spring. And he's been playing every day. He's looked really, really good in the batter's box. He's been able to turn on fastballs. People are trying to bury him in, and he's spinning on it and just hitting home runs. And he's doing a fantastic job. I really like how Zach Davies fits into this roster because he is a long-term acquisition as well because he has a couple of years on his contract. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you. I like this. Uh, I like the San Diego. Well, also, um, we're in— we have to, I also have to recognize that this is spring training. This is a make-believe baseball. Yeah. Chris Davis is currently one of the best players in the league. Yeah. This is make-believe baseball. Yeah. But to be honest with you, it does show some things. Sometimes it can show stuff in the future, and I really think that San Diego has done their research on who they acquired and what they can do, and I really like how they fit in the roster. No, I, I like the San Diego Padres. Um, I like their offseason a lot, but I think the Dodgers had a better offseason, um, and as well as the White Sox. I think the Padres are up there, but I don't think they're top two. I, I think it it goes White Sox then Dodgers. I think your pick as the Dodgers is a sleeper pick because because they were already so good. So it's like, how are they going to have a good offseason and get better? But they did. But you're not going to see with the Dodgers. You're not going to these acquisitions. You're not going to see them in the 162 because they're most likely going to win the same amount of games they won last oh, year. Oh yeah, yeah yeah no I, I'm talking about just overall. Th- but those, you're going to see players, it. When they're playing against teams like the Yankees, when they're which rarely ever happens, but you're gonna yeah. see when they play against teams like the Brewers, teams like the Cardinals, teams like the even the Diamondbacks, even and the most Braves, of the NL East, the Braves, the Phillies, yeah. yeah, the Braves, the Phillies. You're gonna see it against them that they're gonna be a little bit more dominant against them because of how much talent they have. Yeah, and these the players they acquired can really make their team to like the level of best teams ever. No, they they are arguably they arguably have the best roster in history, which I would say potentially because you still have to deal with the murderers well, row, yeah, the yeah, Yankees. Yeah, like yeah. you're talking about some really deep deep baseball, but like the roster uh, they have, if Blake Trinan and Jimmy Nelson think do what I think they're gonna do, then you're looking at a completely different roster. Because the problem with the Dodgers has always been their bullpen. If you have Blake Trinan, a guy who had less than a one ERA in 2018. And then you have a Kenley Jansen. You have Kenley Jansen on top of that, and you have Jimmy Nelson who can pitch for like a low three ERA. You also have Bruce Dar Gratterall now. Yeah, Bruce Dar Gratterall can come and throw 104 out of the bullpen. Like, yeah, th- this, this talent team is going to be ridiculous. Is insane because I didn't this think this team was already ridiculous. This talent was already insane, and it just got even better. Yes, and giving up Alex Vertigo, people can be like, oh, but that's a big piece. Not for how the Dodgers are really mo- like planned out. That's not how the roster works. He wasn't going to fit in that roster. Yeah, it's it, he to be was. Honest, I don't even think he fits in Boston. I don't think he fits in Boston, because I think that in terms of his own hitting ability and how he styles, they already have good outfielders. I get he's going to replace Mookie Betts, but I just don't see him fitting super well in a Boston uniform to the point where like he produces the way I think he can. Uh, before we wrap up this episode, do you have anything else to say for the good of the order? Any off-season acquisitions really surprised you and was your favorite acquisition, any transaction? Um, not particularly. All right. Well, I guess that's going to do it for this episode of Loaded Talk. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, we are going to upload, I, I believe we're going to upload three within the week because we have a lot of catching up to do. I'm sorry for not uploading 
uh, many episodes in the last month, but it will change maybe not next week because it is our spring break, but that is why we are recording them now. So again, thanks for watching. If you ever want to send your voice message, make sure to go on to our Twitter, loaded underscore talk. That's at loaded underscore talk. And the links are on, are pinned on our Twitter. We will... You, you, will, you will be able to click on the Anchor app and you will be able to send us voice messages to it so we can hear your opinion. We can hear what you have to say to us and we will address you and we will talk about your opinion and, you know, critique you, make you feel like crap. Um, no, I'm just kidding. We'll, <laughs> we'll try. I will definitely do that. Yeah, maybe Carson. I'll, I'll try my best not to do that. But again, make sure to send your opinions and just your thoughts, any questions you have on the MLB to us through the Anchor app. Our Twitter is loaded underscore talk. Follow me on Instagram, Louie with three eyes dot 13. Carson, do you want to shout out your Instagram? Car underscore child 18. That's my dog, car child. Yes, sir. Um, Just make a little talk Instagram, but we can talk about that later. Yeah, no, we're going to make one after our Twitter gets support, but yes, we don't sir. have many. So follow our Twitter, please. Follow our Twitter. We could really use it. Yeah, we, we really need it. Um, yeah, that's it. Carson and I are signing off.